Welcome, my friends, to the Bob and Brad podcast produced by Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet. I am Bob, and I'm exactly one half of the Bob and Brad team. Today, I'm joined by Richard Kados. He is the founder and CEO of Sleepovation Mattresses. We're going to talk about their adult mattress and about their baby mattress, but he's also going to give us the inside scoop on the mattress industry overall. So it'll be worth your while. Please welcome along with me, Richard Kodas. Welcome to the program, Richard Kodas. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, I, I really look forward to this because um, I get asked all the time about mattresses. And of course, I'm not an expert by any means. And I've got a lot of curiosity about the, the uh, industry and uh, who better than you to provide some inside information. <laughs> so I wonder if you could maybe give me your background first, um, just a little over, overview so we know something about you. Sure, so I started actually with a company making uh, quilting machines, which are giant machines for quilting the top and sides of mattresses. Um, and developed a bunch of different quilting machines, sold them to everybody in the mattress trade. Sure. Um, and uh, we have patents on a whole series of, of, of those improvements to quilting machines. Came, came down the line and came up with an innovation for a, um, let me back up, we, we got involved with a spring making um, a company that did springs, makes springs. Um, since, you know, we made all types of machinery, we also made spring equipment for them. Well, didn't come long to thinking spring equipment and mattress equipment, started thinking about the springs that are in bedding. Um, came up with a novel new spring, um, which is a um, individual, uh, what was called a variable pressure design spring. So as you, you lied on that spring, it was soft and then it got harder. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And it was a pocket coil spring. When was that and, done, Richard? Uh, Richard, when was it done? When did you? Uh, this goes back that? around 1997. So we're, oh, wow. I'm showing my age if you, if you make <laughs> me do that. So, I'm there. I'm there uh -huh. with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> so so um, this spring, uh, the, the concept for the, this spring was patented, the patents, and the company were then bought by a company called Leggett and Platt, which is a conglomerate behind the entire bedding industry, supplying gotcha. time, 80, 90% of all bedding components. So that's when I then moved in with, uh, you know, I was on five-year contract that was renewed for another five plus years. I work with Leggett and Platt, um, also designing new equipment for bedding, new springs for bedding, everything bedding involved. Um, you know, that one spring became the basis of some of the Simmons Beauty Rest, you know, their basis on some of their main product. Sure. Um, so, you know, over that period of time, I probably was involved in 30 betting patents because my name's on 30 betting wow. patents. Subsequently, you know, now there's a whole bunch of different patents, but 40 patents, give or take. And that's in the U.S., hundreds worldwide. So. <laughs> I have, without boring you anymore, I have a lot of background in the uh, bedding industry. We sure do. So do a lot of the mattress companies 
take advantage of that and use that information? I mean, they, they buy the patents or they, they pay a, a price to that main company and use the information? Well, since Leggett supplies the components, um, basically, and, and is doing it for 80 to 90% of the industry, I mean, effectively, they're buying a product where that patent is underlying. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, why don't we get into the nitty and gritty here? Uh, sure, absolutely. Can, can you talk about some of the dirty little secrets of the mattress business? I won't give away too many, but we, we can talk <laughs> about some of the dirty ones. Sure. Can't wait. So, uh, um, you know, if we just talk about online mattresses, there are roughly between two to 300 players making online mattresses. Oh, you wow. say, oh my God, so many mattress companies. Well, a dirty little secret is that of that, if we were saying, let's round it off, let's say 250 companies, of that about 240 don't make the mattress. Gotcha. They're just really marketing companies. Um, sure. There's probably less, 10 or less players that actually make the mattress. And we're talking about major companies in this field. I mean, some of the big guys are doing that. A little dirtier secret to that is that a lot of the ones that are in that business are getting mattresses from overseas. They're Chinese, they're Malaysian, they're Vietnamese. Sure. And I have nothing against products that come from those countries. However, when you're talking about a mattress and you're talking about a supply chain of products where you're going to spend your 30 year life on it, I would highly recommend that you know where those products come from, where those components come from. And, you know, another dirty little secret, a lot of these companies that are overseas that'll show certificates, they can be phony certificates. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So there, it's, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. And, and, you know, you have to go with a reputable company. You have to go with a reputable USA company. So I mean, Richard, that's the, were you saying that some of the major companies actually don't make their own mattress? Am I yes, clear? in the bed in the box. It. Sure. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not talking about Serta, Simmons, right, Tempur-Pedic. Right. I'm talking about all these bed and box companies you see. Gotcha. Some of them doing tremendous business. I mean, very large business, and you see it. You know, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Um, it is. Most of them, most of them, not some of them, you know, uh, close to probably, you know, 98% do not make their own product. They uh -huh. go to mattress manufacturers either in the U.S. or overseas, and they ask it to be labeled. And it's pretty much the same mattress that everybody else has that, you know, they're just rebranding. So know? it's, it's yeah. all about their marketing angle. Basically, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of tech in that. I mean, you know, to sure. talk about tech, you know, the sad truth is, is that the the mattress that you and I grew up on, that potentially our grandparents or at least our parents grew up on, is the same technology. And even things like the word, you know, hybrid mattress, foam on top of springs. Hello, 100 years ago, that patent existed. 100 years oh. ago, Leggett was supplying components to that. It's just a marketing term. Sure. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, let's let's talk about overseas, um, especially chemical and chemical emissions. Um, you know, uh, Brad and I got a product one time from overseas, and it was a neck pillow. 
And we honestly, we, we, we let it air out for three weeks and we still couldn't stand the chemicals. I mean, it, we just literally couldn't get near it. It, it never got any better. So, right. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's I a, mean, it's an issue. It's a huge issue. I mean, you know, if you're smelling it, you know, there's molecules in the air that you're, right. Right. you know, there, there's no magic here. I mean, smell is basically, you know, a, a chemical off gassing um, and you're breathing it in and it doesn't take, you know, it's just, it's no different than if you were breathing in benzene at a gas station. It's not particularly a good thing. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of chemicals that go into making up foam. And you yeah. for sure want to know where they came from right. or that certified emissions. And as you know, imagine taking that in all night long. Oh my gosh, every night. <laughs> and look where your nose is. You know, it doesn't move. Right. It's right next to it. I mean, you don't do that during the day. Right. I mean, it's amazing what you're doing at night. Exactly. So there's certifications for this, but those can be falsified according to you. Um, so it's something you got to be very aware of. Yeah, I mean, US, U.S. manufacturers, reputable U.S. manufacturers, no. And even reputable U.S. manufacturers that are using overseas products, uh, I mean, I would probably tell you, you know, especially in today's world of broken supply chains, um, you know, be careful. I, that's all I can say. It, it's sure if, if, if it's coming from some backwoods place and i'm not picking on china but you know once it once it gets past the chinese door and it's going backwards in their supply chain i don't know i mean unless you're going to go visit every factory along that supply chain i have no idea what's in that product. right at least in the u.s you have some pretty good safeguards um, but i would just be careful i mean if we were talking dirty little secrets it's one that i would be careful about sure uh do you have some other red flags as a uh, purchaser of a mattress should look for when, when buying a mattress? Yeah, I, again, I mean, there's so much marketing hype um, and so much of that is, you know, red flag. It, 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 I mean, look, look at certain things. We've got a mattress that, you know, let's say somebody tells you they've got a mattress that cools you all, all night long. Well, I mean, think about that. The only way to cool somebody all night long is to put in some kind of active refrigeration or air conditioning. Right. There's no magic here. You know, some mattresses have what's called phase change materials on the surface. So it's sort of, it's, it, it's a similar process to ice melting. If you put your hand on an ice cube, the reason it feels cold is it's changing state and it's going from solid to liquid. And that's why it feels cold. Well, there's an encapsulation method where you can have phase change materials on mattresses do the same thing. However, just like with an ice cube, it lasts for about 15 minutes. And guess what? After the 15 minutes, it's doing the exact opposite, storing heat. So, you know, it's a red flag. You're not going to have a mattress that's going to keep you cool all night. Um, everybody and their brother tells you about their mattress is best for back pain. And, you know, sure. it's not, you know, it's, it's not lying. Maybe there are people that get an improvement from it. Some will, but it's not, you know, it's, it's bottom line, same technology that your parents and you are using. Is some of it work? Yeah. I mean, I've invented sure. some of it, so I'll say some of it works, but it's no, there's no magic bullet where, you know, gotcha. be careful 
Be careful of outrageous claims. Be careful of lifetime warranties. I mean, just think about some of this stuff. Yeah, you can get a lifetime warranty, but there's a good chance that A, the company won't be in business for your lifetime. Right. And B, what's warranted will never come up in the first place. So you, you have to look out for little things like that. Uh, just going back to the cooling issue, uh, I know that memory foam tends to be warm and they say they make changes now to uh, cool it off. I mean, basically they use mater certain materials on top. That sounds a little- That's, your, that's your phase change. So, so the uh, nature I of why memory foam works is memory foam, basically you heat up the foam and it contours, which is really nice. Right, right. But just like anything else, there, there's two major problems with that. Once the contour is established, if you move to another position, the contour doesn't move with you. The right. second problem is just as you identified, it's a heat problem, is that it's, it's creating an insulator that's now keeping you warm. Now, so what they do is they'll put in gel beads, uh, which are phase change beads, just like we talked about. Sure. They'll gotcha. put in phase change material, same thing. After 15 minutes, guess what? You're not getting cooled anymore. And if anything, it's helping maintain the heat in that position. Yeah, I've seen the studies on this um, as far as memory foam, foam, as far as changing positions that, yeah, if you are one that changes positions often, memory foam is not the, the mattress for you because, yeah. No, you, you I mean, can... it, it cradles you. Right, so right. Imagine sleeping on your back and you've got this beautifully cradled position, forgetting about the heat issue. Now you move to your side, guess what? That cradle is not responding instantly. So you're going to be on your side in a cradle that was designed for your back. You're going to be inherently uncomfortable and now you're going right. to start that famous tossing and turning. Exactly. If you, have a, if you have a significant other in the bed and they invade your space, then you've even amplified the problem. Sure. Sure. That's exactly what I saw. Are there signs, if you're looking at a mattress, that it may break down quickly? Is that a fair question? Sure. I mean, how I mean, long, it, it, how it, long it, should we expect the mattress to last? Realistically. So, realistically. So, the the... The average person keeps a mattress about seven and se a little over seven years, you know, and, and that's because of a host of factors. Some of it's breakdown, some of it's because they move, et cetera. Sure. Um, some of it's change in life conditions. Um, most mattress warranties are about 10 years. Any, um, any reputable manufacturer is using a high quality foam. And so that should maintain itself um, for a good period of time with certain exceptions. Now, um, everybody except us uses sheet foam on top of a mattress for the most part. As you constantly lie in that sheet foam, what happens is, and just get a little scientific here, sheet foam is made up of hundreds of internal tiny bubbles that are inside of a matrix. Um, and that's what gives you that sort of sponginess and bounce. You're compressing sure. a little bubble, it's bouncing back at you. Over time, those bubbles, when, when you press on sheet foam, it shears. What's causing one part of it comes down, you know, one part stationary, one part comes down. In that little shearing area, those internal bubbles start to break. And that's why a lot of mattresses that use sheet foam will start to get a body imprint over a period of time.
no matter how good the foam is. And um, that's why they'll, you know, there's recommendations to rotate, there's recommendations to turn, although most mattresses now are one side, so they don't turn. Sure. But those recommendations to rotate, so you start moving that body imprint around, you know, that, that's caused by those micro tears in the foam. Um, you, you, you're able to, you know, move it around. Now the micro tear will be in a different spot, so it won't bother you. Is but it, uh, it all builds up over time. How would you know if you're getting sheet foam? Um, don't buy our mattress. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much in almost 100% of all mattresses, except for mattresses that are sort of futon-based that might just have fiber in there. Sure. Um, but, but any mattress, uh, especially any mattress that's a, a spring mattress, you know, quote, hybrid, um, or a foam mattress is just going to have layers of sheet foam. That's how it works. I mean, that's been the state of the art industry up until us. So you have a proprietary foam, I take it. Well, we do two things that are different. Uh, one, we use a proprietary foam. That's a very high end um, memory foam like in that sort of soft, like luxurious feel. But what we do is we break that sheet foam into literally um, and just to give you an average number, 700 individual cushion elements. Um, so what does that give you? So now where I told you there's that shear between layers in the sheet foam, when you have individual cushion elements, you know, let's say it's uh, you know, something that looks like that. Um, when you press down on one element, it there's goes no, down, but it doesn't disturb the other one. There. There's no shear. There's right, no I shear. See, I see that. It's so, so we have a substantial improvement of that micro tear gotcha. and body imprinting. You don't makes, see the body imprinting. You don't get the micro tear. That makes total sense to me. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to get, you know, I'm a big one for getting overly technical and we could discuss this for hours. No, I'll try to avoid I, that. I thought that was awesome. Um, so let's just talk about these three things. Uh, you talked a little bit about um, like, um, the warranty trial period return policies. And again, you warned us that if a mattress, you know, they have a lifetime warranty that it's unlikely that's gonna hold out. Anything else to be worried about with trial periods and return policies? Sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there, there's still store-bought mattresses where you don't get a trial period per se. They'll give you oh. an exchange. If you hate it, it, it comes down to the premise that, you know, you're going to walk into a store, you're going to spend less than an hour jumping on mattresses, lying down in a non-sleep environment, and you're going to pick one that, you know, you think is great. Well, you're about to spend a third of your life on that, you know, and how are you doing it if you're not doing it in your house? So a dirty little secret that brings up another dirty little secret. Sure. Mattresses and mattress stores are designed to be intentionally stiff at the base of the mattress, the foot of the mattress where you sit down because people sit go, oh, this feels firm. And then they'll lie back and get it. So it, oh, interesting. It, it's, it's, it's actually designed for that 15 minutes of test. Um, wow. and, and, and we've done, you know, back in the days I was doing that, there, there were a lot of tests done for consumers that if you gave them a universally um, uniform surface, they wouldn't like it in a mattress store. 
They oh. want to get the one where they can bounce down on the foot and it feels firm and then they lie back and it feels comforting. And it's really not overly beneficial to their sleep, but it's beneficial to selling them the mattress in the store. So you, you have to be careful. I mean, if you're going to buy a mattress in a store, make sure you buy one that, you know, you can try that for a hundred days and return it. No questions asked. Gotcha. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. That's the test. That's a te the, the ultimate test is going home and sleeping on it. Yeah. I got to put it in a plug for your mattress. Um, we have one in our basement of our cabin and the last five people who have slept on it had the best sleep they've ever had. And they all five wanted to buy one. It's just funny. That's all. I've never had anybody sleep on it. It goes, Oh, that wasn't comfortable. They all, and I don't, I don't solicit advice from them or, or their right. opinion. They just come up and they go, where, where do you get that mattress? <laughs> so it's very interesting. No, I mean, it, and, and it goes towards the premise that if, if I just let them sit on that mattress for 15 minutes, right? you know, it'd be like any other thing. I mean, you really, the truth is in the, in this case is in the sleep. Yep. Yep. So we just got to figure out a way to have people try yeah. it. So, yeah. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, we offer a hundred day, you know, no questions asked and, you know, sure. you know, people, it, it, for some people, it's hard to get your hands around that. Right. Um, there are, you know, another potential red flag as there are online companies that all, you know, everybody online offers something like that. Right. Um, but some become rather onerous in trying to return. And one sure. thing we pride ourselves on is not, you know, I, you have enough customers of yours. I know that, have, you know, or, or I don't know what you call them, clients or whatever that, that listen to you guys. And I don't think you get a lot of complaints that they made it onerous to return. It. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Very happy. So what, you know, I, prices have been going up on everything. So I imagine they're going up for you. What is the cost of a reasonably good mattress now? Like if you, if someone is offering at a certain price, what is a red flag? Like you can't get a good mattress for that price or. I mean, it, it's the old, it's the old saying, Bob, if it's too good to be true, it is. Sure. I mean, sure. if you want to buy a $400 mattress, you're going to get, you know, something you're going to be miserable on. Sure. Um, it's going to be low quality foam. There's a 90, probably 95 to hundred percent chance it's imported of questionable quality, questionable. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, un, uh, understanding that supply chain, nobody does. That chemical so, I mean, it's, issue. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it's that simple. Um, uh, you know, you can look, you can buy a $50,000 mattress if you can believe that. Um, I'm not <laughs> advocating that, but um you know, you look, you look around, I mean, a good quality mattress is $1,500, $2,000, dollars I mean, that's sure. it. I mean, there are more premium ones and, you know, you'll always get the person that wants, you know, the 600 thread count, something from, you know, silk this and whatever. Sure. I mean, that's all nice. And it, and it might, you know, it might go with, you know, your designer, whatever. Right. Right. The reality is, is that, $10,000 mattress is not going to sleep you any better. And, 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 and another dirty secret, as long as we, we keep, yeah, you, know, you keep bringing them these. to mind. I love these. Okay. So, so imagine you get a mattress that's 16, 18 inches high and people for a while there, the mattress industry was marketing the thicker it is, the more expensive it is. 
So I could probably take an 18 inch mattress and fill the first 12 inches with ground glass and put foam on top of it. And you wouldn't know the difference because it's all nonsense. It's nothing in that, you know, the height doesn't, I mean, think about it. What is an extra foot of mattress going to do that I can't do in a sure. foot to begin with? Sure. So, you know, it, it's an interesting, but in order to get more money, people give you thicker, bigger, you know, fancier mattresses and the prettier the mattress doesn't make you sleep any better. So let's, let's take it down to this. Let's say I'm going out there to buy a mattress today. What are the, the main three factors I should consider when I'm purchasing? Sure. And, it, and it's a personal decision. So, sure. um, you know, obviously you want a mattress that suits your needs for comfort. Um, and it's, it's hard to know what that is unless you've slept on it. So it brings me to automatically, you do not buy a mattress unless you can sleep on it a hundred days and gotcha. return it. No questions asked because what happens in a store or what happens in the first hour is a lot different from what happens after a week, two weeks, three weeks. It's one of the reasons why we tell people you can't return it until 30 days. Cause you have to, you know, your body adjusts right? and nothing, nothing that works at day one. It's sort of like getting a, a new pup. You know, they're great for day yeah. one. But you really don't know their personality for two weeks right. as a dog person. So it's similar for a mattress. You don't know how you're really going to feel for two, for at least two weeks. Sure. So, so make sure you get that um, return capability. I mean, that is an absolute necessity. Another one is, the ability to, um, you know, have a decent cooling mechanism. Um, if you're going to be, I mean, it, you know, maybe it's for you. Maybe you like to sleep super hot. Then you might like a memory foam mattress. But you need to have, again, and, it, and only time will tell. Only taking it home, putting your sheets on it will tell if you're going to be able to sleep cool enough or comfortable enough. Um, and, you know, the third, the third item and, you know, the biggest item is what it's doing for your spine, what it's doing for proper alignment. Um, I mean, that's what it really comes down to. The older you get, I mean, you, you know better than anybody that, yeah. you know, it, more aches and pains. Yes. Um, more things are out of alignment. I mean, I started at 6'3". I'm now 6'1", 6'1 and a half. Sure. So that means things have shrunk, gone out of alignment. So, right. You know, the bottom line is then you need a mattress that's able to, you know, correctly adjust so that it's not putting excessive pressure on points of your spine, um, points, you know, shoulder, hips, depending on how you sleep. I mean, even stomach sleepers. So, you know, I, I would think that would be, you know, ultimately the ultimate point. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that cooling is not a minor issue either. Uh, I mean, I think that's one of the main reasons people have trouble sleeping is they're too warm, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, you know why? Because if you research it, you'll find that wake-up mechanism, the way your body wakes you up in the morning is your internal temperature moves up. It moves up very right, slightly, right. but it moves up. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out that if you're sleeping hot, you know, you're already triggering a mechanism that is going to, you know, it's not beneficial. I mean, right. I sleep so cold, you know, I, I just like sleeping cold. My, you know, my wife goes crazy, but, um, but I particularly like sleeping cold and find I sleep better 
when I sleep cool. Well, right. you first start with the mattress, forget ambient temperature. If you're sleeping on effectively a heating pad, you know, that's retaining heat, that's going to adversely affect your sleep. Gotcha. Well, let's go into topic two, um, how you came to invent a pain relief mattress. Um, so we, we got your background. Uh, what were your initial goals? And now we're talking about the adult mattress, um, sleep evasion. Uh, what were your initial goals with creating mattress? Okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've invented a good number of the machines or the parts that most people sleep on. And what I came to realize is that there is a a significant deficiency in the layers of sheet cushioning, sheet foam in a mattress. And it acts a lot like a, uh, you know, trampoline or a hammock. We call a hammock effect in that, you know, it, it's what's, you, you lie down on it and it's affecting, you know, it's not relieving pain in one point on my back or chest, but it, it's instead distributing, you know, it, it's what, if, if I have a point in my spine that's pressing into it, well, that's also causing problems lower down because it's all connected. It's one giant sheet. So my goal was to get rid of this hammock effect, this trampoline effect, this sheet foam effect. And that's where I came up with the individual pocket cushion, pocket coil um, mattress, where we take an individual cushion and we marry it to an individual pocket coil um, so that that individual element which is only two inches by two inches, isolates every area of your spine, your back, your hips, um, and creates for a whole new sleeping environment. I find this so interesting because we never talked about this, but that is exactly, so I had a friend who, who researched this to the nth degree. He, he mm -hmm. talked about cushions he'd use for your sitting on for, for people who had Oh, spinal cord injuries or after a stroke and their skin was really apt to break down. So he talked about the hammock effect. I mean, that's what people would get in wheelchairs. And so he was trying to eliminate the hammock effect. And he was a big proponent of a, a row hole cushion, which is the same concept to some extent that separate little areas of pressure that would uh, relieve the pressure on, on your bottom. So, I mean, the same wording, it's just weird to me. So genius. No, absolutely. Do, do I mean, like. it, it's a huge problem in, in hospitals with, you know, you just mentioned it, decipitous ulcers and, yep. and uh, yeah. So that's, that's where the 700 individual mattresses came for. Uh, you're manufactured where? In New Jersey. Good. Uh, we have a factory in Wharton, New Jersey. We source components, all USA components, um, you know, from as far away, I should say far away as South Carolina, Connecticut. Um, so, you know, our components are um, manufactured in the U.S., sourced in the U.S., and ultimately manufactured and assembled in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, I know we talked about a cool mattress in which will be another video. So let, just, if you want to talk about how does, how did you ensure that sleep evasion uh, allowed 
want to sleep at a cooler temperature. Sure. So in addition to the hammock effect and the sheet foam, I mean, think about sheet foam. You have a giant piece of sheet foam. It's not like air is flowing easily through that sheet foam. Right. Now they have open cell foam that allows some flow. But if you're to re look realistically look at the airflow through that, it's incredibly slow. You know, it's just, you're not moving. You know, take a piece of foam, wrap it around your head and try to breathe through it. It's not a simple thing. You can't blow through it. And that's what mattresses are made of. So right off the bat, there's not a lot of airflow in and around contact with your body. So one of the huge benefits of having 700 tiny mattresses and 700 tiny cushion elements is each cushion element is separated by, let's just round it off, a quarter inch from the next cushion element. And what goes down there for three inches you know, of depth is an air channel. So inherently, there's air channels through the whole mattress. And it, another interesting fact, because we actually hold a patent on this particular thing, is as you press on one cushion, it acts like a little bit of a pump. And it actually pumps air into those air channels. So even oh. your movements create airflow. Yeah, it's actually sure. in the patent literature. Cool. So even your movements, your movements actually create an active airflow, whereas your just passively air is able to literally flow right around and next to the cover. And we've designed a cover that's knitted air channels are into the cover. So we actually create a path um, where you, you, you know, you, I don't recommend doing it, but you can take and bury your head into this arm mattress and continue breathing. Oh, interesting. As I said, I don't recommend yeah, it. Yeah, sure. You know, feel free to try. <laughs> so um, what is the firmness of the sleep evasion mattress? Is there a, a industry standard? Uh, I mean, is there a standard scale? I, I, I have no idea. So it, it, this gets us into a really sort of complicated gray area. So, so let me describe that we, you know, yes, there is a scale called the ILB scale, which is a foam hardness scale. So you'll see some mattress say, oh, we use ILB 30 foam, ILB 24, ILB 45. Well, it's all somewhat irrelevant. I mean, it, it um, you can have a stiff foam, but if you put it on a very mushy spring, guess what? The whole thing is mushy. So there's really a subjective way people measure it. They say, oh, it's firm, extra firm, sure. you know, medium, soft. And there's been a, um, a false narrative for a whole bunch of years um, that in order to have a good foam, I mean, I'm sorry, a good mattress for a back, it needs to be very, very stiff. Okay, because it goes back to the old days when you had a soft mattress, you literally sunk in it. Your spine would literally go in, a, in an arc. So, so the, the, the first thing I tell people, you know, a lot of friends that, you know, buy mattresses and stuff, they say, I want something very stiff. And I say, no, you don't want something very stiff because all that's going to do is put, create high pressure points along your whole body. You know, try sleeping on the floor, which is about as stiff as you can get and see right. how you feel in the morning. You're going to feel terrible because it's all high pressure points. Your body's, a, so you need something that takes the pressure point, you know, reduces the high pressure, but yet keeps your, keeps your spine aligned and straight. I mean, you know this right. way better than I do. And so, so that's the, so what I tell people is sit on it and you're first going to sit on it and the mattress sort of adjusts based on its load. So if you sit in one space, you're going to, 
sink down a little, you're gonna say, oh, this is soft. And then I say, okay, lie back on it. And they're gonna say, oh, it firmed up. Well, it didn't <laughs> firm up, it's just distributing your weight differently. Sure. But so, so what we do is, you know, I would consider our mattress in that medium to medium firm if I'm just gonna make some subjective call on it. You know, people will lie on it and tell you that. Sure. But yet, uh, amazingly, I mean, you're not, you know, so we get a lot of customer comments and some customers will tell us that I first lied on it and it was too firm, but it softened up. Well, (laughs) I mean, the foam, and then I get the exact opposite. I'm going to tell some people are going to say it's too soft when I first lied on, but it firmed up. So, you know, it's, it's very subjective, but what it really comes down to is understanding what you want. And what you want is something that's soft and luxurious enough that, you know, gets rid of the high pressure and fit, makes you feel very comfortable, but yet keeps your spine aligned. Now, I, this was not planned, by the way, but I did do, do the research on this. And uh, they, they did a lot of research on, on back pain and comfort, and they found out it was a medium firm mattress that worked <laughs> the best. And it was not firm mattresses. They did. did no. Yeah, it was medium firm. And uh, also it d- depends a bit on your body type. Like if you, a lot sure. of the Asians uh, will sleep on really firm mattresses because they don't have large hips or large shoulders. They have a slim build. So the little more that you are rounder, you're going to want mm-hmm. maybe a little more of a softer mattress. So how how does your mattress differ from memory foam? I'm sorry if we're going over some ground that we already talked about, but or a latex mattress. Sure. So both latex and memory foam are sheet foam mattresses. Gotcha. Um, latex is obviously derived from uh, a rubber tree, so it's a natural rubber. Um, and you know, there's uh, you know the word natural obviously comes into play. So some people like it you know, for that purpose, not to sure. say that, you know, I get that. Um, and I'm not going to be one to argue for or against it, so to speak. Um, personally, I think latex has bad qualities for comfort. If you're looking at a mattress, I mean, it, it has sort of a very stiff, non-responsive feel to it. Sure. Some people might like that and some people like the natural side. So that's up to them. But, and, and memory foam is, again, it's a um, heat sensitive foam that takes a shape. So you, you seem very comfortable when you first lie on in one position because it's going to cradle you. Um, however, it's completely unresponsive to, to moves and sleeps very hot. And latex will also sleep hot. So, you know, the 700 tiny mattresses that have the air channels, nothing compares to that. I mean, that's, you know, simply put. Now, again, uh, a dirty little secret is every single mattress manufacturer is going to tell you they sleep cool. Right. And why yeah. not? There's That's no, there's think. no yep. standard in the industry for saying what is cool. Sure. So it's, it's something that, you know, it's a bit of a red flag and something to watch out for because you're not going to know unless you take that quote, cool mattress home. And, you know, when you wake up at two in the morning with sweats, right. because the cooling, because the, you know, the, the individual cooling gel beads, you know, change state after 15 minutes and no longer cool. You don't get that until you, you know, you test it out. Another reason to try a mattress for a hundred days. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Look, 
let me let me be a hundred percent honest. As a mattress manufacturer, I hate that people can return mattresses because right. when, when you get after a hundred days, somebody doesn't like it. And look, people are not going to like everything. You know, we we expect some yeah, customers. Very like very it. personal. Yes, that we're going to have to pick it up and literally throw it out because you know you can donate it. Sometimes we can get lucky and find a shelter or something that will take it. But a lot of times it's nothing but thrown out. So it's a huge waste, but I understand it. And it's something, you know, you need to do if you're in this business. Yep. So what is the expected lifespan of a sleep ovation mattress? I mean, we've tested it out to, you know, obviously we don't have 10 years under our belt, but our testing says 10 years, you know, or longer. Um, so it's what I could probably hang my hat on again, sure. the individual cushion elements, the foam will last longer than a conventional mattress that uses sheet foam because of that shear effect that shear and force. the breaking yep. of the micro, you know, the micro cells will not, the tearing of the micro cell walls inside the foam is substantially reduced. I'm so glad you explained that to me because on the surface, it almost looks like they might wear down faster. <laughs> you know, I don't know why that is, but I've, I've heard even some people comment, well, that, those, those wear down fast. And it's like, no, there's less shear force. So it's going to hold up longer. Right. If you do a cross section of a mattress after 10 years with conventional sheet foam, and you look at those sheet foam elements, you're going to see, you know, what should look like internal cells are no longer holding their shape. And that's why you get a body imprint. You sure. know, there's no magic. Why does a body imprint happen? Body imprint happens because there's micro tearing in the internal structure of the foam. Gotcha. And it no longer has the resilience that it had when it started. Another good reason why you want high quality foam, no matter what you buy. Mm -hmm. Very much so. So um, where does the sleep evasion price tag fall in the range of mattresses? Mattresses. Yeah, so our prices fall roughly between $1,500 and $2,200, $2,300, which falls right in the middle of the range. Sure. Um, maybe, I shouldn't say middle. I should say middle to upper um, because, you know, the, the small, the, the cheap mattresses always dominate on quantity. Right. Um, you know, you can buy an Amazon mattress for four or 500, so they're going to need to sell a zillion of those to make money. Um, so, um, yeah, so, but of a premium quality mattress, if you go into a department store, a bedding store and look at mattresses, we fall sort of right in the middle of that zone. Gotcha. Now, um, let's talk about two mattress terms, edge support and motion transfer. So how do you think about those? How did you address those issues? So we have, so, so two things address motion transfer. Um, one is having a pocket coil mattress. Um, you know, you remember in the old days, again, maybe we're dating ourselves. They used to throw bowling balls on mattresses and yep. have wine drinks next to them and they didn't move. Yep. Well, those were pocket, those were usually like Simmons ads for beauty rest pocket coil mattress. So the base element we have is a pocket coil. However, what also is going to have motion transfer? And another one is going to be having that hammock effect, that sheet foam. Right. Since we've split it up, we literally have, and we like to call it 700 individual mattresses. That's basically what you're doing. And mind you, the exact number is not 700. That's our average. So if you have a king mattress, you're going to have 900. And I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it just what we, we couldn't say, oh, 16, 20, you know, yeah, right. I'm sorry, 870 or, you know, but it, it's an average number. We footnote that on our site, but for, for, for marketing purposes, easy to say 700 individual mattresses. Um, but those 700 individual mattresses, you know, are tremendous for isolating motion. If there's two people on a mattress where that becomes, uh, you know, a key thing, if you're sleeping with a partner, um, and every time they get up to go to the bathroom or they roll from left to right, you don't want to roll with them. Gotcha. Anything about edge support? You talked about that. Yeah. Earlier. So this is another, another very debated, um, mattress, um, uh, item in that, you know, and, and a lot of it goes back again to the mattress store where I told you, you have to be firm for people on the edge to think that, that this is what they want. Right. So we keep our mattress identical from side to side. And by doing that, we increase the usable sleep area. Okay. And it's designed mm -hmm. to be edge to edge sleeping. However, there are people that will say, I want a super firm you know, edge mattress so I can sit up on it and get up. And we don't do that. Um, but, you know, for this balancing act of, do you want to give them more sleep surface or do you want to give them the ability to get up easier? We think we've struck a decent balance on getting up off the edge of the mattress where it's not too soft, but we do not artificially build a very stiff edge gotcha. so that you know, uh, because the downside to that is literally reducing the sleep surface and not making it edge to edge. Sure. Never thought about that. And with my wife, she makes me wait, move way to the edge. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, I, well, that's, that can be for snoring. That yeah. I, be, yeah I, you know, I mean, my, my wife thought that going from a queen to a king mattress was necessary because me snoring and i said that extra 18 inches sound <laughs> travels just as quick through it sure not gonna make a difference <laughs> no it doesn't make very much difference so in your opinion is uh sleep evasion uh for back sleepers side sleepers stomach sleepers i mean all the above i mean the bulk of people sleep on their back or their side um stomach being probably the great min minority um however we have sleepers on all you know, I mean, I could show you and argue that each works. Having the individual 700 cushions, um, you know, everybody who sleeps on their stomach, unless they have absolutely no gut, you know, you're going to want that pressure relief, um, especially for side and back sleepers. As you know, you're, you create these waves of pressure points. Yes. We distribute them better than anybody. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah, I've had many people tell me who had shoulder problems that this was Brad included was one of the people that could lay on, lie on the side and take pressure off the shoulder and would actually could sleep better with that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a huge, you, you know it. I mean, it's, yeah, a, huge, it's a huge issue. It's a huge pressure concentrator. Yes. And, you know, if, if you're sleeping on something that's not reducing that pressure, you're not going to be comfortable. All right, let's let's go to... Uh, video number three here, um, the baby, the baby infant mattress. Um, this mattress is unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, what were your initial goals uh, with this infant toddler mattress? I guess should, I should call it. Sure. So, the original idea for this literally came from uh, pediatricians. 
Um, and they were looking, um, they told us, and you know, I wasn't very familiar with this at the time, that um, a significant problem with newborns is a development of what's called plagiocephaly or flathead syndrome. And you, you know, you'll see um, occasionally, actually a lot, you'll see infants wearing um, helmets, these like sure, white yes. plastic helmets. And yep. those are designed to correct for this phenomenon called flathead syndrome. So, so let me take you back a little in history and tell you how, you, how we got here. Um, and in about oh, going back uh, 17, 18 years, there was a very high incidence of SIDS yes. um, occurring in the population. And that stands for sudden infant death syndrome and nothing's a bigger horror. Right. I mean, you can imagine it's the exactly. ultimate horror losing a baby in their sleep. And there was thought to be a high correlation between sleeping on a soft mattress and kids developing SIDS. And there's a lot of theories about it, believe it or not, because it's obviously something that's very hard to test. There is no definitive known cause of SIDS. However, a very high correlation between soft bedding, loose bedding, soft items in the bed and SIDS. So the American Academy of Pediatrics put out a safe sleep initiative that said children should be put to bed on firm mattresses with no bumpers, no, you know, anything soft in there. Great. What happened? The incidence of SIDS dropped tremendously. Super great news. I mean, you could ask for right, nothing better. Right. However, you know, I'm, I'm a big one here in understanding the con what's called the law of unintended consequence. And a consequence of this is that children were now being put to bed on their sleep on their backs. So not only was it firm mattresses, but they were to be put to bed on their backs, not on their stomachs. Yep. So they're now being put to bed, bed on their backs. And because they're sleeping on a very firm mattress, there's a high pressure point on the infant's head. And the thought is, is that an infant that's, you know, zero to three months, especially might occur up to six months, have very soft, malleable heads. Right. And this was causing flat spots. And so what's happened, if you can believe these numbers, and there, you know, we talk a lot about epidemics and pandemics recently, but right. there is an epidemic of flat head syndrome or plagiocephaly in newborns. In the U.S., the number is considered to be between 20 to 30 percent. I mean, you're talking about a million out of close to 3.75, 3.8 million births of children have discernible levels of plagiocephaly and flathead syndrome. Now, in the old days, it was thought, okay, it's just cosmetic. There'd be a lot of guilt from parents that right. they didn't want this cosmetic problem. You know, now there's a debate whether, you know, it's also contributing to potentially learning um, right. delays. Now, most doctors will say it's a chicken and egg that would ever cause the child to be more prone to plagio, cause the learning problems and mm. developmental delays. I'm sure enough, don't have enough experience to weigh in on that. I'm just, you know, presenting it. But sure. the bottom line is we don't need to have kids with deformed heads. So we looked at, you know, the pediatrician said, you know, this is a, you know, maybe you guys, this design of yours will help this. And we looked at it and sure enough said, yeah. 
Um, and so we created an infant mattress um, and a toddler mattress. It's a two-sided mattress that's designed to mitigate the development of plagiocephaly or flathead syndrome and doing it very similar to what we do with adults, obviously with a lot of differences, but right. creating one inch square pressure element, you know, individual um, mattresses so that if there is a high pressure zone when they're lying on their back, it takes that load and distributes it to the other little elements that are around. So it distributes that pressure zone. And, you know, with our internal testing, you know, we've seen, you know, 25 to 35% pressure reductions over and obviously being done with you know, anatomically correct dolls over, um, you know, conventional mattresses. Um, so, you know, it's a best guess that this should substantially mitigate plagiocephaly. Um, uh, Richard, Richard, where's it, where was this uh, study being done? So several things are happening. And we've done internal testing. We've worked with Seattle Children's Hospital to develop a study uh, for the mitigation, whether this works to mitigate plagio. The downside to that study is it's going to take several years. Sure. So in lieu of that, we're not going to hold this back. Um, I mean, that's just a confirmation study. I mean, you can imagine how complex it is in the world of COVID to try to do a yes. test on infants and newborns. So that's actually been delayed because of COVID, yep. because you can't, you can't recruit patients very easily. Um, so, um, so that's delayed, but in the meantime, we're moving towards FDA approval of this mattress, um, for, uh, mitigating plagiocephaly. And it's a rather complex process just not to mitigate, you know, not, not I'm sorry, not to minimize this. I mean, there are literally hundreds of pages you can imagine. Sure. I mean, people are now getting pretty familiar with FDA approval for drugs. Well, it's not that hard, but filing a five tag K. Um, clearance for, you know, an infant mattress, which has never been done before. Um, and we hope to have this in the next, you know, the FDA stamp of approval, hopefully, although it keeps getting, you know, regulatory delays, you know, nothing sure. simple in this yep. world. Yep. But, you know, we hope to have this in the outset, four months, hopefully in two to three months. Awesome. Yeah. Now, plagiocephaly, it can vary from kind of a mild form to the point where it's such a deformity happens that, that they actually have to wear a helmet, correct? Well, it's even worse than that. In the really severe cases, they have to perform skull surgery. Oh, really? So, yeah, it's really, you know, you know, uh, you know, one of the experts we work with at, you know, Seattle Children's Hospital performed literally, I think, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of these surgeries. Oh my gosh. But, it, but that's, that's really the you know, let, let's, let's hope that nobody's, you know, nobody we're, we're, we're viewing in this audience, you know, gets to that level, but yes, it can involve surgery. Um, it, you know, for severely, I mean, you can go on the web and research and you'll see the cases of severe deformation. Um, but, uh, you know, it's our goal to, you know, substantially reduce, you know, with the ultimate goal of hopefully one day eliminating plagio as being a you know predominant uh um thing that parents have to now worry about i mean they worry about enough being a new parent right and having to worry about you know this and what's interesting bob is that 
the people at Seattle that see literally thousands of cases of this a year um, will tell you that the you know, parents come in and, and their biggest problem is that they have overwhelming guilt. Sure. You, know, you, you wouldn't yeah. believe that, but they just yeah. say, I should have done something different. Right. And they're always saying there's nothing you did wrong. Right. But I get it. You know, you don't want your kid to grow up with, a, you know, a, you know, a, a deformed head. Yeah. For, for no reason. You know, yeah. Uh, actually, Brad talks about his brother who I think they call this is very uh, not appropriate, but they called him like anchorhead. I mean, and his, his hair grew over, thank God. But, um, and um, another friend, his, his child has two and I mean, he's an adult now, but yeah, they, they all have that, that guilt. So um, are there any other companies providing anything similar? No, no, there, and, and one of the reasons Seattle wanted to pair up, you know, team up with us in this study is that there are companies that offer some kind of active intervention, putting your head, you know, strapping the head in something while the infant sleeps oh my or, or, you know, or some special and, and, and believe it or not, the um, FDA has said like, you know, wedge cushions and plagio cushions should not be used. They put out a warning on this because they consider them to increase SIDS risk. So right. one of, one of the reasons Seattle was excited about this is that it's a passive intervention. All you're right. doing is putting your kid to sleep on the mattress. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like you're doing, trying to do all this stuff to mitigate it. And the, the risk is more pronounced in preemies. Um, and preemies have become a bigger part of the new births, you know, because of, yeah. So, so it, it's a catch 22. Um, but again, let's go back to the good news was, is that SIDS has been substantially reduced. Right, right. Oh, I remember that error very, very well because I was having kids there too. So um, I've seen your mattress. It seems as though you have different foams on one, on one side for the infant, one side for the toddler. I mean, densities, it seems like. It seems like the, the infant foam might be a little denser. Am I wrong? Yes, that's correct. So, so what we do is we use what's called an ILD. We talked about it, or, you know, we've talked about where it's, it's a measurement of the stiffness of the foam. We sure. use the stiffest possible foam for the infant, which is about an ILD, roughly 65. Um, now, normally in, in a sheet foam mattress, you know, your baby on that would have a very high pressure riser. But because we break these up into individual, like one inch cubes, one inch cushions on top of an individual spring, the spring is taking the load instead of the foam. Oh, and sure. And the foam is going to maintain its very flat shape. And the reason that's important is if the, the infant was to flip and be face down, you don't want the foam to envelop the nose gotcha. and potentially create a breathing block. Gotcha. However, what's a big, huge advantage of our design is that right next to that little one-inch cushion are air channels on both sides. So we provide, you know, the highest airflow and breathability of an infant mattress, yet providing a technique to mitigate plagio. Um, look, obviously you never want, so, so that's what we do on the, on the infant side. Yes. Now you flip it over. Let's say an infant becomes one year old, they move into toddlerhood, whatever that exact date is. Sure, right. right. You know, so, so the risk of developing plagio pretty much 
goes down exponentially at six months and it's pretty much gone at a year. Um, although it's mostly gone at six months. And the risk of an infant dying from SIDS goes down exponentially at three to six months and is pretty much gone at a year. I mean, obviously there's always the exception, but, yeah. but statistically it's gone. So at this point, when you now have a toddler, there's a different concern. You want the baby to be much more comfortable sleeping. So imagine if you put your toddler on that same infant mattress. Now you've got him on this super set, you know, he's sleeping on this super firm mattress. If it was a regular sheet foam mattress and what it's not, so he's a, he or she is a not comfortable and B we're not doing anything for spinal line. So when it becomes a toddler and you flip the mattress over, we now have designed it to be both softer, more comfortable and keep the spine in the same type of alignment that we do with adults. And there's a couple of added things. On the toddler side, because we're now not worried about breathability as much, um, we put a waterproof cover on because they're prone to a lot more accidents as you potty sure. train them, yep. et cetera. Yep. Um, where that's not the case, the infant side, the mattress is water resistant, um, but is breathable. Again, you can put your, you can do a face plant and breathe into that mattress, which is, we consider crucial, you know, to help mitigate uh, uh, SIDS risk. Again, unknown what causes SIDS, but that's one of the concerns. Which leads me to my next point. Um, you know, your mattress is made in the USA, correct? And yes. uh, we're worried about chemicals. Uh, your little baby or infant or toddler is breathing in that chemical all night long. I mean, they're in formative years. Uh, yeah. Um, so how do you guide against that, protect against that? No, great question. So, so there's three main, you're absolutely right. You know, you don't want them living on a chemical, you know, breathing in a chemical right. cesspool, so to speak. So we start, and a lot of this comes in. So the FDA is asking the same questions. So that it's a good question because sure. I'm dealing with that now with the FDA. So we start with the textiles that are what are called Okiotex certified. So the textiles are, are made to a standard where none of the components are both a health hazard or an off-gassing hazard. And, you know, feel free to OEKO-TEX if any of your, your listeners want to look that up. You can see how strict the standard this is. Sure. So any textiles in our, in our mattress are made to that standard. Next, we come to the foam. And you're right. Okay, foam. So we conform to what's called the CertiPure USA standard, which is a standard that is again, um, that there's no ozone depleting elements, there's no off-gassing, uh, there's no toxic chemicals like formaldehyde, believe it or not, that all can come into play in a, so, so our foams are made by one of the, if not the, you know, one, if not the biggest USA manufacturer of foams under a sort of pure USA standard. So now in addition to that, what else would be in the mattress that could be a potential hazard? Well, adhesives. You have to have some level of adhesives in there. Sure. And our adhesives are made to a, um, a Gold Guard uh, um, uh, standard. 
which is also an outgassing that shows that there's no VOCs or no outgassing from any of the adhesives. So it's a gold gold guard standard. Um, so let me just I think I might have pronounced that wrong. Uh, believe it or not, um, green guard. Uh, green guard. I think I just yeah. Gold green guard. I, I got that. Yeah, you got it right. So it's green yeah, guard. Part of yeah. It. So right. I, I got. I, I was confusing all these standards. So a gold green guard standard that has no outgassing. So you now have certifications on everything that the FDA wants and also we want. You have a supply chain that's only in the USA from all these. So you know that none of these standards are phony um, mm -hmm. or are made up or are phony certificates. You know it was similar to what happened with COVID with, you know, phony N95s coming in that are stamped N95. Right, Nobody right, was certified. Exactly. They were coming from overseas. Yes. So a similar concern here. It's very easy to stamp things on there. It's more difficult to actually have the underlying certification. Just a couple more questions. Uh, so what sizes are the mattresses available in? Yeah, so in the infant, in the... Um, uh, baby size, we have a standard, and the standard is uh, what's our size is 51.75 by 27.75 by 5.75. And just so you understand, um, that is regulated. It's not technically regulated, but we're required under, you know, federal guidelines to make a mattress that fits snugly to a, a crib. And oh, that sure. standard... Yeah, that standard, if you really want to get technical, is called ASTM F2933-19 standard um, <laughs> that, that regulates size so that there's no gaps. You don't want any gaps between right. the mattress and the crib because gotcha. that is considered potentially, you know, choking makes, risk, makes you know, and, and stuff. Um, at the same time, we also offer the mattress in a mini size, which is uh, the mini is 37.75, 27.75 by 5.75. And that's for people that might keep in small apartments and stuff that don't want a full-size crib and keep more of a, I guess, for bassinet type of uh, oh, know, mini yeah. crib next to their, you know, a lot of that's when the baby's in the same room and you can't put a full crib. But otherwise, full cribs are, you know, cribs and mattresses are, Crib, cribs for sure have a requirement that they're to federal standards. A little dirty secret I'll tell you is that if you have people listening and they're looking to buy a crib, you can be pretty comfortable. You can buy any crib you want because it's all to that standard. Gotcha. It's all manufactured. So you, you're not at risk with a $200 crib, even though you may like a $2,000 crib, feel free, buy mm -hmm. either one. Sure. For safety and level can, can the mattresses be reused? Let's say you have one child and another child comes along. Sure. About a quarter of infant mattresses, best guess, I mean, on these statistics are reused or recycled to other, you know, other of your kids. Sure. I highly don't recommend going on a used marketplace and buying a crib mattress. Yeah, yeah. Not even consider that. There's regulations against doing that, but that doesn't mean people don't list them all the time on craigslist and other things so um yeah but there, there's no reason i mean one of the benefits of our mattress is that we have a zip off cover 
So you take the cover off, you put it in the machine wash, machine wash it and put it back on. And so between kids, you can do that. Um, and it's, you know, some people can buy a separate cover even. So while you're washing mm -hmm. one, you put it on. And, you know, I, sure. I mean, I have, I have, you know, my, my grandson is the first person on this mattress. Oh, cool. He's now, he's now eight months old and I'm happy to say he has a very round head. Ah. And the <laughs> incredible part though, is he was born almost two months premature. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was a worry. A good test. Um, yeah, it was a good worry. I wasn't anxious to use my own grandson right, as a right. test. And I've got another one due in two weeks from a different child. So oh, congratulations. Uh, that is already set up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So these mattresses are available to the public now? Yes. yes. Okay. So at your website, sleepovation.com, they can buy Sleepovationbaby.com. Oh, baby. Oh, Oh, yes. Ask. Yes. Uh, I mean, we, we will link them shortly, but right now the two websites to the sleepovation.com is the adult mattress site, sleepovationbaby.com, you know, no spaces in there is the infant mattress website. Very good. Well, I've got to say it, Richard, you are a genius when it comes to the mattress business. I, I wouldn't go that far. You, but. you are the guy. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to cover these subjects. I, I think they were going to be very helpful to people, really helpful to me, really explain some things to me. And uh, so uh, go to his website. You can go to sleepovation.com for the adult mattress. And you can go to sleepovationbaby.com for the infant and toddler mattress. So thank you, Richard, for joining us. Thanks, Bob. It's been great talking with you. Thanks again.